place, place, place. What am I supposed to start? Place. Matt's walking down the stairs in his prom dress. <laughs> it's like, oh my god, he's so hot now compared to what he used to be because he doesn't have glasses anymore. He was such a fucking uggo. <laughs> Oh, I do know this song. Yeah, it's classic. Yeah. Hello and welcome back to the Golden Hurricast, a weekly podcast covering Golden Hurricane Athletics at the University of Tulsa. I'm Ryan Token. I'm Matt Rexin. And I'm Pat Fox. You're and probably wondering yeah. why I played that song. Because Matt got LASIK and doesn't have glasses anymore. He's a beautiful, beautiful man. Yeah, so he's no longer like the weird nerdy girl with like uh, paint on his overalls. He's now just the popular girl, and Freddie Prince Jr. will take you to prom. I'm <laughs> proud of you. Good job, Matt. I'm proud of you, too. Thanks, guys. Anyways, uh, Tulsa had a bye this past weekend, so we don't have a game recap for you this time, but we do have a big-time game coming up on Saturday as we take on number 24 now. They're ranked for the first time since, I forgot, 1980-something. It's been a long time. Um, but we're taking on number 24, SMU, in Dallas, for what at least Matt and I still call the Boomtown Showdown. Amen. The battle of the teams that either got the death penalty or were coached by Bill Blankenship, which is kind of equal to the death penalty. <laughs> that is, I mean, I'd be with you if we had a better rivalry name. That's a great but rivalry that's, name. That's, the Boomtown Showdown I stand by is what you say to a toddler when he throws his pants. It's an oil Boomtown, man. That's why that makes sense. Anyways, we will preview that game, and then we'll also take a look back at the season so far, now that we are five weeks into it so let's do it is this gonna be the second time Matt, this is when you bring the song back which this <laughs> instead of instead of doing our mute instead of doing our normal music you bring back in that yeah somebody's gonna to listen to this for the first time and feel like what the hell are these guys doing stay golden hurricane All right, and so we've got a huge game this weekend. Tulsa plays SMU, number 24, recently ranked on Saturday, 6.30 p.m. in Dallas. Matt and I will be at the game, look, really looking forward to it. SMU ahead in the all-time series, 14-11. to 11. We won last year in 2018, beat them 27-24, to 24, and they were at five wins. It was their last game of the year, so we kept them uh, from becoming bowl eligible. First number on that game, um, spread-wise, SMU is a 15-point favorite. Oh, jeez. So I was wondering, Ooh. yeah, I was wondering, first thing I was going to ask you is what you guys thought about that number. Um, I think that just, I think the, the, you know, the folks in Vegas have a lot of respect for SMU, which I don't blame them for. I think SMU, this is going to be my hot take of the day, is going to be the second best team we face this year. So far, I mean. Wow. They're Over better than Michigan, Michigan State. State? Yeah. Do you think 14 is a good number? Or I think you... it's good for us because we're going to cover that. Yeah. Wait, um, did you just say they're better than Michigan State? Yeah. So then who's, who are they worse than? OSU? Oklahoma State. I think Oklahoma State was a lot better than Michigan State. Uh, I honestly think the spread is kind of uh, maybe low at this point. 
my my prediction for this game has drastically altered from how hyped I was at the start of the season. Yeah, I don't blame you. I mean, so SMU two weeks ago they beat TCU on the you know quote road. It's in Fort Fort Smith. Wait, what am I saying? Fort Worth. Fort Worth. Yeah, God. Um, Fort Worth, which is like an hour or forty five minutes, an hour from Dallas. Whatever. Um, So basically, a home game. I mean, it's not a home game, but it's not like a true road game really for them. Um, but still, beat it, they beat TCU. They were number 25 at the time. So SMU beat them, still weren't ranked last week, and then they beat South Florida. They were up like 35-0 to zero at halftime um, and ended up winning by 20 or something like that with a bunch of subs in in the second half. So finally got the, got the call, number 24 this week. And the first thing that I have to say about that one is the last time we beat a ranked team, I was talking to Hunter Hart from Rankane Sports about this this morning. Uh, first time, the last time we beat any ranked team at all was the 2010 Hawaii Bowl against Hawaii, who was also number 24. So Whoa. read into that as you will. Have we have we faced a number 24 team since? I what was South don't, you don't know that. What was you South really Florida? Do, do you truly last... do research? What was, Probably not. Was South Florida 25 last year? Or yeah, they were 25. So we should have won that. We should have won Florida. that game. If they were 24. Then you know what? Zayvon Collins covers the edge, and Blake Barnett, the five, the guy who runs a five-two, doesn't get a first down on fourth and ten. They also did not deserve to be twenty-five. I mean, they did. I they guess were, deserve. They, they were undefeated like every right? game after, after lost, that. Yeah, we were their sixth win. <laughs> yeah, that was the last one. I know, and they still wait. They have they won seven, a game this one, year. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So crazy. But um, so who do you think is the five first? Philip Montgomery or Charlie Strong? Charlie Strong. No yeah, doubt. I agree. No yeah, doubt. That, Charlie Strong is going to be gone mid-season. Going. I, he's not going to make it to the end of the year. Plus, we still can't financially justify and i think i think montgomery has shown enough improvement already this year if we just win like two more games i think we keep him so i don't i don't think we fire him unless we lose out basically without like we've had we've played pretty well in every game maybe except the season opener which is you know whatever um the other three games they've all been pretty solid so i bet i bet he stays long for another year at least especially with zach smith not looking like hot garbage yeah for sure he looks like a godsend right now so that's been good um but on that 24 number uh, I have another little bullet point here about that. Um, so, ranked team, on the same vein as the last time we beat a ranked team, this one is more about the last time we beat a true ranked team, like a true road win against a ranked team. That was against number 12, half of 24, <laughs> Arkansas. Keep them coming, keep them coming. They also were red. SMU Boom. was red. Ooh. And that is where my similarities end. But guess how long ago this was. Did, did you already know this? No. Okay. I'm going to guess like 90s. In, uh, in the 80s. Earlier, both of you. The last time we had a true road ranked win was at number 12 Arkansas in 1976. It's been that long, apparently. This is what me and Hunter were talking about. So, so does the, the Hawaii one doesn't count as like a true road one? No, because it's it, not... Uh, yeah, that's that's a good it point. A, it, I, I mean, mean semant- it it's, it's, it's semantics, <laughs> but yeah. yeah, that's a good point. Maybe you could. I don't know. You probably can't count can't can't count a bowl win as a as a true road win, but yeah, that makes sense that you should. Yeah, it's all semantics. Yeah. Um. So this is just story of the game for me right away, and why I'm terrified of this game, and have drastically changed my prediction. So I was just you know looking up some stats um for my the article that I'm currently writing, and so I was looking up. Tulsa's average number of sacks allowed per game right now, four, 124th in the country. Not great. Team that recently jumped in front of us and is now the worst, South Florida, because they gave up 10 yeah. sacks. I know, I saw that. Against SMU yesterday. Yep. 
like holy like crap yeah it's bad that's terrifying and even like outside of just south florida getting sacked 10 times like smu they've had a game with five sacks they've had two games with three sacks and i think their lowest one is two they've never i don't think they've ever just had a one sack game and they've had at least at least one maybe two in all of them so yeah their their defensive line is really good i think the guy that stands out most often is this guy patrick nelson um but they have all like it's not just him every time like in the south florida game the other day i think he had one sack and like you know everybody else is getting all the way up to nine so or all the way up to 10 after his one. So they can all get it done on their D-line. So this is going to be a huge week for offensive line. I hope the bye week gives them time to work on stuff and get better. I'm sure it will. That's probably one benefit. I was going to say, this, that's the one. I think it was, everybody was talking about our other bye week, which going into the season we get to, yeah, mm-hmm. was going into Houston. Like, oh, that's going to be big. Oh. This could be bigger, way more time to prepare. I mean, because, yeah, SMU, like they kind of had a down year last year. But before that, in recent years, they've had like NFL talent. For they've sure, they never yeah. like lacked talent. No, I mean, we know they got the money to pay for talent. Um, <laughs> if anybody knows about the '80s, or is watched the Thirty for Thirty. Yeah. So like they're like they're definitely one of the like, the better recruiting schools in the AAC. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they've got players all over the place. Like, I mean, Shane Bouchelle is their quarterback now, as you probably know. But if not, he transferred from Texas after Sam Ellinger won that job. Uh, but Bouchelle wasn't a bad quarterback. He just lost the job to him. And uh, he has been lighting it up. He's averaging close to 300 yards passing per game. Um, I don't know if it's over or under. It's really close to it, though. Uh, and then they've got talent on both sides. I mean, on offense, they're running backs, Kamon Freeman and Xavier Jones. I think Xavier Jones has been the bigger name guy so far this year. And then on on for receiver, they still have James Prochet, who I feel like has been there for freaking forever now. Uh, and then Reggie Robertson has been – I think he transferred in this year. He's also been – really really good he's made some crazy I catches really this hope, year. i saw i keep seeing his name i really hope yeah. reggie robinson guards him all name just uh, so the dude. announcers mess it up the whole time i just want the reggie on reggie rivalry right there but robertson versus robinson <laughs> we got some robertson robinson action yep. reggie versus reggie i mean i feel like you got to put them on each other just for the matchup just for the name you know why not and there's a good chance of that happening i think robertson i mean we're, we i think we always put at the start of the game like on play number one at least we usually put robinson reggie Reggie Robinson is gonna be hard for me uh, on their number one, yeah, because he's our fastest guy, and uh, I feel like Prochet is their number one receiver, so maybe he won't line up on him at the beginning, but he'll or definitely he, be on him. If parts our of the DC game. has any sort of sense of humor, he'll do the right thing. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, you can only hope, but yeah, I mean they're they're just skilled on offense. Their defense is also much improved this year, but offense is where it's at. They have like I think one game. Yeah, it was their first game of the year, Arkansas State. They scored thirty-seven every other game they've been above 40 so i think the other one yeah i've got it right here the other ones 49 47 41 and 48 in their in their other games i feel like we definitely pile on this guy but like does this just prove that ben hicks might have been the worst player in america last year think about this the 180 turnaround (laughs) and that's the major difference is you replace him with bouchelet bouchel bouchel sorry no no we're gonna bouchelet bouchelet bobby bouchelet no shane bouchelet but you replace him like ben hicks with him like seriously like, he was bad against Tulsa last year, against, like, a not-good Tulsa team. Yeah, and then he went into Arkansas and lost his starting job. He's about to win it back, it looked like, though. He actually had a decent lost, game. Yeah, lost A&M. the Arkansas job to a guy who lost to San Jose State. Yeah, and like, three, four picks that game. Yeah, like, <laughs> that's just the big, like, the one, that, that just shows how important the position is, not only, but, like. Yeah, for sure. Just 
They also, I mean, they brought in a lot of, tra- like they had a ton of transfers come in this year. And I think Robertson was one of them and they had a bunch on defense. Um, but I know, it's still like, it's a huge difference. Yeah. And Sonny Dykes, he's a really good coach. Yeah, I know. I like you guys you, you guys called that one. I didn't I wasn't a Sonny Dykes believer. He I'd say besides Norvell, I could see him being the one guy getting a in a couple years in a row, like yeah. power five offers. I mean, I feel like at this point he's gotta be the front runner for coach of the year in the conference. I mean, taking them whatever they were five and seven last year, they're already five and oh, you know? How do you yeah, I how mean, do you do it's that? It's early for that, but yeah, right now for sure. Yeah, right. We'll see how the conference because like remember last year how weird the West was where like Tulane almost won it with six and six. Yeah, I feel like it true, might be I know. similar this year. Well, weren't they co co West yeah, they, champions? They but they share. didn't win. They didn't yeah. go to the, the right. championship game. Right. But I definitely see the same thing this year with SMU and Memphis and Tulane, just like making it very close. Yeah, I know. Hopefully, we can be in there too. We'll see. I think we can. I mean, like, no... like, lo- like dark horse, obviously, but yeah, I don't think it's ridiculous. Last year would have been ridiculous. Yeah, there's no, yeah. there's no sleeper in the West because you throw Navy and Navy gave was giving Memphis a run for their money on Thursday. Yeah, man, and they just freaking. I mean, ECU is ECU, but they beat ECU by like forty five I mean, or yeah, fifty the, or whatever that score the was. The three I mean. worst teams in the in the conference are definitely all in the East. Yeah, ECU, UConn, USF. South Florida. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, I mean, the West. I've got a. I'll get to this later on, um, too. But uh, the our conference as a whole, the West is like. Did you see this? Like Bill Connolly put out a breakdown of he ranked divi- conferences by division. Yes. yes. And we, we were, were in the ACC Coastal. Yeah. Yeah. By a, by a good margin. Yeah. And it was pretty awesome. And obviously, Big 12 is not in there. They don't have uh, divisions. But uh, the West was, yeah, the eighth best division in college football, which is super, super cool. Um, but we can talk about, more about that later on. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, they're a really good team. They are pretty much good on all sides of the ball. Beating TCU at TCU is a hell of a game. And none of their other games have really been, like, against bad teams. Like, Texas State, probably the worst team they've played. Um and I don't think they're that bad. Arkansas State was their first game of the year, and they're not. They're actually a pretty Arkansas solid State team. Was favored to win that game. I remember, yeah. Um, and they're actually a pretty good team. And then obviously you got uh, TCU and USF these last two. Yeah, they, besides, besides Texas State, they've probably played all teams that'll make a bowl. Yeah, yeah, I I believe it. Um, well, USF probably won't make a bowl. Oh, sorry, I forgot about USF. Yeah, yeah no, USF but, will not win another game. This yeah, year. Uh, the other three for sure. Um, or not for sure, but very likely. So it's going to be tough. I mean, fortunately, like we talked about a little bit before we started recording, uh, we do match up pretty well with them. They do run the ball pretty well with uh, Xavier Jones and Kamon Freeman, but they pass way more than they run. Um, and it's the Bouchelle show. So if we can shut him down a little bit, we've got a chance. But our offense, I mean, key to the game, put together a full four quarters. I feel like we've only done that once, really, against San Jose State. And even then, we had some downtime there. Um, so if we can put together a full thing on offense, we can maybe, maybe, maybe pull this thing off. So they don't actually pass more than, like, very few college teams actually do. And SMU is actually, like, for that, they're running on 59% of their overall plays. Oh, really? But, yeah, wow, the, reason, the reason it seems so different is because uh, on their passing plays that they have, they're completing like almost nine yards per pass attempt, yeah. wow. which is Dang. like top 20 in the country. Yeah. So when they actually do pass, they're being really successful. Um, but they still are like almost all college teams are over 50% rush versus pass. It's just kind of like how the game works. Yeah. Um, so it's, I mean, do their receiving numbers way out gain their rushing numbers? Cause I thought I saw something about them being way more of a, yeah, I mean, their their average passing yards a game is like 60, almost 70 yards higher than their rushing yards. 
And so yeah. they're averaging 500 plus yards a game, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, 300 on the on the in the air alone. So if that's the case, then probably yeah, that's about yeah. Their yards about per right. play is like 6.4, which is terrifying. Yeah. Yep, they're good across the board. Um, so it'll be tough. It'll be really fun. I mean, we always seem to play them pretty close. It's always a good game. Hopefully, we keep it close this time too. Uh, but it's a heck of a team we're going to play in Dallas this time. Um, well, you guys have other stuff on SMU, or you want to do predictions on it? Well, one more thing going in, looking at S and P, uh, we are the second best defense they'll face this year behind TCU. We're 49th on S and P. They're 17th. TCU was. And in, in we are what? the second best team. What in what defense? Okay, yeah. And we, according to SNP, we are also the second best team they'll face this year, slightly ahead of Arkansas State. Yep. Whoa. What? Yeah. yeah. Where's TCU in that? Oh, second, second best, best team. TCU is yeah. nineteen. Gotcha. TCU is ahead of SMU still. Yeah. Um. So I'm just saying it's not like man, that's nuts. So I think I think we're gonna be closer. I think we'll cover. I think we'll be closer than you'll think, and I think we actually do have a legit shot. I'd say like thirty percent chance. I think right now on FPI, we have like a 21% chance. But I don't think it'd be ridiculous for us to pull it off. Yeah, I don't either. I mean, just the history. It's like we have a similar thing with, you know, with Houston. We They always, at least recently, have been the better team. We always kind of hang with them more than we should. Uh, SMU, lesser extent, they're usually not as good as Houston. This year, they're better, way better, it looks like. Uh, but I think a similar thing, like we always make it a game with them. And makes sense to have a rivalry with them as well. So hopefully we... Keep it close. Keep it a good game. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think pass defense is going to be the difference. We have real good pass defense. Um, I think that can keep them to – I mean, I feel like to win this game, they're going to have to put up their lowest point total of the season. They, Like I said, they've been over 40 points in all their games except their first one where they had 37. So we keep them to mid-30s or so. Uh, and if we put together our most consistent – offensive game of the year i think we can pull this thing off it's going to take a basically a perfect game from us to do it but i think i think we can um chances i agree with you probably 30 percent win chance but doable um i'm gonna i'm gonna th- i'm gonna just think that we do win uh i'll say if we hold them to 34 i bet we can get to 37 that'd be the highest of the year i think so far uh for us so i'll say 37 to 34 uh tulsa hmm tough one i think it'll be low i think it'll be the lowest scoring game for smu this year you do think it will yeah but i think they win 27 to 23 oh that is a low score i think it'll be an incredibly low scoring game for tulsa um so this is right now uh unless like you talk about a perfect game i i it needs to be like above and beyond like perfection especially on the line Mm mm-hmm because, I mean, this is a team where normally our big part of our identity is how strong we are at rushing, and we just haven't really seen that so far this year. Right. Um, and a big part of that is because we're not generating the lines in the trenches. Uh, not the lines, I guess, the yards needed in the trenches. And I kind of I feel like I'm beating a dead horse, <laughs> and part of that is because we've had no games since last week when I talked about this. But, like, we average we're, – we're top ten – in the country for plays per game at like 82.8 mm-hmm. and then we're 116th for yards uh, per play at 4.4 so if that's going to continue we're not going to put up enough points against this smu defense and like as strong as our defense is 
like there's only so much you can do if our offense isn't generating. So unless we see a great game by our line, I think we lose like 38 to 17. Okay, 17-38, cool. <laughs> reverse. Yeah, um, hard to argue with any of that. It's going it to be sucks, tough. because I'm – I'm also, so I will say that's my logical and reasonable take. Yeah. But as my hyped fuck SMU take, like we win 45 to 10. <laughs> yeah. Why not? Right. Um, yeah. I, I, I agree with you. Hard to argue with any of those points. Um, for whatever, I just I just feel like I got a good feeling about this one. So hopefully that doesn't come back to bite me. But I think the um, bye week really does help. I feel like, yeah, of all of all the groups it can possibly help, I feel like the young the youngest group will get the bit, bit, most benefit out of a bye week. Just having another week to focus on a certain team. You're a young group. You're getting better every game. You hope uh, we weren't really against Wyoming. And it but. gives you a week. It gives you a week to, to game plan and get creative. Yeah, I think we'll see something like I don't think we're going to see your typical drop the middles every single time. You know. Right. Yeah. Or I think I think you'll see something. You'll be like, well, like just surprise you. Yeah. I mean, and it's good. It's probably good that. Uh, South Florida went and sacked or SMU sacked South Florida 10 times because the coaching staff is going to go look at that and see, holy crap, like these guys are the real deal on the line. They probably already knew that, but this will reinforce it. Um, and, you know, maybe we'll throw a bunch of a, a tight end in there every down to be a blocker, um, run him off the line every now and then for a pass or whatever, and always have some extra blocker back there just to help out because it's going to be tough. I mean, we it's going to be we just got to find a way to to keep the sacks low and keep zach uh upright as much as possible so we'll see what we can do but uh i think it's going to be a good game I, i'm feeling cautiously very good about it <laughs> cautiously, <laughs> so, very good. cautiously very good uh so we'll see what happens okay so moving on we're gonna now that we've talked about smu a little bit we're gonna talk about our um just kind of predictions from the beginning of the year. Uh, we did these in episode three of this season. So if you want to go verify all of these claims, we can. Uh, you can go listen there. Um, but we predicted a whole bunch of stuff, and we're just going to go down the list and see how we've done, and then also talk about some stuff um, that we think might happen in the remainder of the year. So the first one that we all uh, thought about, uh, the prediction was who would be the best player on offense, defense, and special teams for us in both our best-case scenario season and our worst-case scenario season. So, Pat, who'd you have for your best-case offensive player? I had Zach Smith. And right now, he kind of looks like our best offensive player. Or, well, our passing game is definitely better than the running game right now. Yeah, for but sure. You could argue him or Crawford, I think. But I stand by that. If Zach Smith's our best offensive player, we will be. that'll be our best-case scenario. Um, and I think our receivers have looked good to start the season, too, which has helped. Yeah, um, I agree with that. But our O-line has been... Yeah. shaky at best which we also expected we did but... expect i didn't expect it to be this bad yeah it's been rough man eh, i mean uh, so i'm just gonna say this right now our offensive line at least for pure like giving up sacks just on that aspect is on like 10 percent of our plays which is very much the same as it was last year it's just the number of passing plays we have this year is a lot greater than yeah. the number of passing plays we had last year so from that from the pass protection it's roughly the same we're just passing a lot more mm-hmm. I, I won't say that the same on the run on the run side though yeah uh matt who'd you have i also had zach smith uh well no technically i said the quarterback position group because i didn't have faith that it would be smith yeah uh, what a fool i was <laughs> yeah. um but no, I agree. I think Zach Smith has has been the MVP game changer for our season so far. Uh, if you look, 
this year, last year, the biggest difference um, is a lot of how strong our passing game has uh, developed. Like almost across the board, everything's up. Uh, and that's, yeah. I'll just like sneak peek preview. That's kind of what I'm writing about this week um, in my Golden Hurry Stats article. Nice. It's just how strong our passing game has uh, improved. And so I think he's been our best player. Best case scenario, I figured we'd be two and two right now. We are. So, yep. Um, did not realize we all have the same one for best case scenario on offense, but I also, in my notes, I have whoever starts at QB on Friday night, we need a passing game. So, yeah, I also had Zach Smith slash Seth, Boom- Seth Boomer ended up being Zach Smith. Um, echo all the same reasons. He has just been a stud for us. Even with an offensive line, he gets hit as much as he does. Um, he still delivers great passes a lot of the time and is big enough to stand in there and take those hits without fumbling all the time like last year. So have really that's, – that's been great. Yeah, that's like – can we just say, like, through four games, we have had very few turnovers. <laughs> yeah, it's true, man. Through, like, mm-hmm. four games last year, I think we had, like, 37,000 turnovers. Yeah. Not quite that much, but we were already at, like, 12, or, thir- 12 or 13. I mean, what? Yeah, our, I think not, not we had we had a whole episode title last year called TU Earnovers. So, yeah. I mean, that's how it was on our minds every game. Yeah. So, I think good decision-making by Smith not to throw – what does he have – does he only have the one interception right now against Michigan State? I think so. He, he, I think he just yeah. has the one, but he's had several, like, Bumbles. very close, close. interceptions. Yeah. yeah. So, knock on wood, keep yeah. that going. Um, so, let's go worst case. We'll do, we'll do offense, best case, and worst case, and the same thing with defense, special teams. So, worst case, offense, for me, uh, I had Shamari Brooks, which I don't know why I made that my worst case scenario on offense, but whatever, I that's what I, I think had. it was just your idea that we'd be – pretty much in the same situation oh, where we can't, sense. Yeah. we can't pass. That's probably what I was thinking. Um, so fortunately he, I mean, he has been our best running back for sure, but yeah, I wouldn't say he's been our best player by any stretch of the means or by any stretch of the word. Um, so glad to see that, I guess, Matt. Um, so I had, uh, tight ends slash Denzel Carter. <laughs> and for that game against San Jose state, <laughs> he was yeah. the best. Um, so His one this, shining moment so far. Yeah, the best. The best. He was literally the best. Um, and I mean, this was more of a cop out, I think, more than anything else. And that if our tight end was somehow the best player on our team, <laughs> yeah, that yeah. was not good. Yeah. Um, but like they've been good in the, in situations, and I think we rely on our tight ends to block a lot more. And so when they come in and do that, yeah, it's good. But you're never going to be the best player on the team when your job is to block like uh, extra uh, like block x stats yeah. wise yeah yeah right. i mean the blocks are key and so that's like mm. we've noticed some of the great blocks we've seen this season are like when shamari brooks blocks and then we score a touchdown yeah that was beautiful so like the oh, extraneous that, that blitz pickup that's yeah. so, man yeah. so good i know yeah such for a guy that size he just put his whole yeah, body man in that block. i know it was awesome that was a full speed linebacker coming in too yeah great oh. stuff uh pat who was your worst case offense scenario Corey taylor same kind of thing yeah. as running game. Yep. Being more important than the passing game. Cool. That makes sense. Uh, you want to kick us off for best case scenario on defense? I said Travis Gibson. I think I'm right so far because yep. he's been our best defensive player, I think, by a good amount. He's made the PFF all-conference team three out of four times he played. <laughs> yeah, I think so. He has three sacks so far, a couple tackles for loss, and has just looked on tape just dominant. Dude. A lot of QB hits. He had one sack against Wyoming, but a lot of QB hits. That tackle for loss against that running back, you could see that everywhere in the yeah. stadium. He's like, whoa. He's like, <laughs> that was just like everybody goes, whoa. 
So, but I still stand by that best case because we need his pass rush, and he's just the most talented player, partially because he's a fifth-year senior. But yeah, cool, Matt. Uh, I said Zayvon Collins, um, and he has not been our best player so far, especially through the first three games. He was kind of a uh, missing entity, but then in the Wyoming game, I think him and our linebacking core really mm-hmm. came through, and so without him, we don't win that game. Pretty sure I said that last week too. Like Zayvon yeah. Collins, I agree with was, that. He was like, huge. I we, we don't get that. we don't get to that goal line stand by Cooper if Zayvon Collins was not yeah. as strong as he is. So if we see more of that through the rest of the season, then I stand by that he would be our best player yeah good call uh i also had travis gibson like pat um for the reason that we were 124th in sacks last year out of the total 130 um i thought at the beginning of the year and it wasn't a bold prediction by any means that gibson had a chance to lead the conference in sacks and get the 10 plus he talked about last year uh wanting to get those 10 sacks and um he's on pace i think right i mean he's at a sack on pace for nine right now so man he he can get there uh it'd be nice but still i think he's got a Really good chance to lead the conference and good chance to make first team all conference and defense. Our sack, our sack rate is up to 122nd in the country. <laughs> all right. Really, I guess he has. Really, one. we're we're 122nd. Wow. He has eight games left, but he really has seven because you're not going to get a sack against Navy. Yeah. Right. Yeah, but then the bowl game. So. Oh, uh, sorry. Well, the two. Because you know the first, the semis, then the college football final. Uh, yeah. Cool. Um, so worst case defense, uh, I had many bunch for the reason of you don't want your safety leading you in tackles. And that happened to us. My, my reason in the episode, when I talked about it in episode three, um, was having flashbacks of Michael Mudo, uh, leading us in tackles and he's a great player. Don't get me wrong, but, um, you don't want your, your safety leading you in tackles. Uh, when that happened, we went three and nine and, uh, not great. So, He's a good player, but you don't want you don't want your safety making all those stops. That just means nobody else is getting to him earlier than that. So that was my worst case on defense. What's yours, Matt? Uh, Bryson Powers for kind of the same reason. Cool. I had Cooper Edmondson because Cooper Edmondson will never have a bad season. <laughs> but there, I think there's a lot more talented guys on the team. So that'd be the that'd be my case would be. And all I would, those I would guys say there's an argument right now that Cooper is like. I mean, the star, his star is really bright right he, now. He makes big plays, but throughout the game, he's not the best well, player. What is the defense. big play? He literally saved the game against Wyoming. What's this air quotes big play? He didn't make a, okay, he made a big play, but there's lapses in judgment across the game. He's our middle linebacker, and we had one of the worst run defenses last year. He's a very good player. I'm not, yeah. I, it's not like I'm shitting on Cooper Evanson right now. He's really good. He's really good. But Gibson is our best player, and we need him to be. Yeah, he's a turnover creator. That's for sure. Edmiston always has been it's weird he's always always there right place right time which is you know it's not a lucky thing it means he's doing his job but uh yeah i see what you're saying it's the one thing we don't have a lot of turnovers but we also haven't caused a lot of turnovers it's very weird true sorry just wanted to throw that in fair enough uh okay last one best case scenario special teams pat i think for worst case best case best case best case i said stokes and right now i think i'm gonna change it to rainy because I think since he missed that one field goal, but yeah, I think yeah. Rainey needs to make him. Because really, it's tough to get stuff out of the return game, and I just don't see it. Maybe one game this year, but it's just it's so it's such a hit or miss thing with the not return game. Yeah. So Jacob Rainey consistently making field goals would be great. 
True, especially after that miss last week. Yeah. Matt? Uh, I also said Stokes. Um, he, I don't know I don't know who has been our best player. I think our best player right now has been Bennett. Yeah, I would say uh, Bennett. I'd say Reggie Robinson. Yeah. Oh, yeah, honestly, yeah, that's, that's, that's true. That's true, but... Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with. So the way our offense has been working is we do. We've been playing a lot of battle of field position, and as the season's gone on, I think Bennett's gotten a lot stronger um, in his punts and also pinning them. And so I think I'd flip that to he's gonna be our best player because we're gonna rely on the field position. Uh, yeah. To win games. Um, and so that's also just I'm flipping my who would be our best player in our worst case scenario because I said Thomas Bennett, but I don't think that's the case anymore. Cool. Uh, my best case was also Jacob Rainey just because consistency at kicker has been so bad over the last couple of years. All right, really? Just last year maybe was only the bad year? I don't know. Whatever. Since Redford Jones. Yeah, since Redford Jones. And I think that was 2017 when he left. So um, just been looking for more consistency there. Sadly, haven't had a chance to really find it yet um he hadn't had a bad season really he missed the short like 30 something yarder last week uh but that was he we haven't kicked that many field goals um so uh we'll still you know the jury's still out on rainy but i still think that he I'll, i'll stand by my special team's choice for best case for worst case i had thomas bennett for the same reason you don't want your punter being out there so often that his numbers are crazy um with how many times we have to punt and how many total yards he has punting or anything like that um Still, I don't know if that's a good a good call by me early on, like in episode three, because he, you know, it's really important to have a have a really good punter. So uh, I don't know if I just didn't have a better answer here, but um, I had Thomas Bennett, and I don't know if that's a good choice. Matt, who was your worst case special teams? Thomas Thomas Bennett, but yeah, for this for my reasoning, I no longer believe that yeah to be the case. Pat, last one worst case special teams. Bennett. Because, I mean, yeah. May, but even though Matt's kind of right, though, if he can, he he has been better at pinning mm-hmm. inside the twenty. But yeah, last year it was like, hey, Thomas Bennett, punt the ball as far as you can. <laughs> yeah, I know that's the worst case scenario. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Okay, so moving on. That was a longer one, uh, but all the other ones are kind of just single single predictions. So um, this one, pretty fun one, was one stat that'll be key to the season. Uh, so Matt, you wanna start us like, off here? I feel like you're just like reading my article as I. I'm just reading my notes from episode three, man. I know, but that's (laughs) my whole thing is like, let's look at the three key factors. Uh, So mine was the average distance uh, on third down. Um, And the reason I said that that was going to be key is because um, we tend to get into situations where it's long on third. um, And that hurts us because we're like, our average yards per play is 4.4. Yeah, right. Um, and so it's kind of that 4.4 number comes up twice because we end up getting in a lot of situations where we don't get a lot on first or second down. Um, when we've been running, we'll get like a couple yards mm-hmm. or we'll get sacked and we'll go backwards. And then we end up in like a third and 10 or a third and like eight. And so uh, it started off poorly at Michigan State, but it's been trending in the right direction. Um, so like it was 10, then it was 6.3, then it was up to 8.4 and then Wyoming was seven two. So right now we're looking at an average of 7.7 yards on third down, which is a lot, Yeah. but 
but it was like below 39 was where we had a much better percentage chance of converting even compared to something like third and 10 right or higher right so if it's 10 or more which uh, unfortunately have been a lot uh, we've had only converted 17 and a half percent of those but if you look at like if it's between seven and nine it's up to 46 percent yeah and if you look at that number that's like right on average with college football this season gotcha. so as long as we keep in it keep it within a reasonable like six to eight mm-hmm. like prefer like closer to the six obviously <laughs> right um it's actually pretty average and if we can but the one thing I'll say our line really good at is our power success rate, um, which if you don't know what that is, that's just how likely you are to get the uh, conversion on third down or fourth down uh, if it's within two yards. And so right now we're, we're sitting at like 85% of the time that we're in that situation will convert. And so that's what that's where our line is really strong. Um, so if we can get it, our third down to that situation, then I feel a lot more confident because we're really good so far pushing yeah that. yeah that's a good stat uh, i like that one when you said it the first time it still still makes total sense and i like knowing the uh the disparity between like just single yard differences and the big percentages that come out of those between like third nine and third and seven or something like that okay so um i'll go next mine was uh my stat that'll be key to the season was total qbr um last year with seth boomer at quarterback those last five or six games whatever he was in there for uh, he ended as 122nd in the country with a QBR of 29.4. Um, got a little better throughout the rest of the season. Uh, you know, his last couple games were better than that, but still his average, uh, over the, over the year was 29.4. Um, it's based, QBR is based on like seven different stats. Uh, higher is better. Um, Milton from UCF last year had an 80.8 QBR. Kyler Murray from OU was 95.4. Uh, those are great numbers. So this year so far, um, Smith's total QBR after playing Michigan state and, uh, I'd, I'd say probably two of the tougher, probably the two toughest defenses we'll play this year, maybe, um, in Michigan state and Wyoming. Um, I don't know. I don't know about the I Wyoming one, but it's close. It's probably the best in the American or maybe Tulane. Since he's got a good one, we don't play them. Uh, yeah, so. we do play Cincy. We do? I forgot it. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm not even looking at it. how horrible our schedule is. Jesus Christ, man. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, October two, 10th. Two so maybe, but I think this year I, I still, I'll stick by Memphis. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, Michigan State for sure, and then you know Wyoming is up there as well. So after playing them, Smith's QBR is 79th in the country at 51.5, and my guess is that'll go up as the year goes on, and we start getting into conference play, and he settles in more. You know, this is still he's only had four games back after setting out an entire year, so I think he's only going to get better. Um, so I stand by total QBR being a key to the season. That's based on a whole bunch of stuff, so it's a little bit of a cop out stat, but I will stand by it. So just kind of fun fact. Zach Smith, one of the things that goes into QBR is ex- expected points added, uh, parentheses, lost on sacks. Uh, Zach Smith sits at fourth in the country for uh, fourth worst with minus 11 points or sacks. Because which, he gets sacks. Which I feel like is kind of I don't know what that means. on him. It's just uh, how many points he's co- he's cost the team by taking sacks. Oh. <laughs> what it is, which I, I don't think is necessarily fair it's yeah i wouldn't put that on him at all on the quarterback but that's what espn says yeah well there you go sorry Pat. i had uh what is it yards per attempt on passing so to give you an idea last year ours was i think our yards average or whatever um wait if it come up it was 6.7 between uh boomer skipper and keenan johnson who was our best quarterback according to a lot of stats <laughs> yeah. um, they had I think Keenan Johnson 
And I think, never mind. Go ahead. And Zach Smith right now is seven point five. I'd like it to be higher, but that just shows that 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 one that point eight. Yeah. Is a lot more. Mm-hmm. And you can tell. I mean, just watching the games, those two touchdowns. Yep. Two. What? How long were those touchdowns with Crawford across the middle? Yeah, one was fifty something, and they were probably both thirty-seven yard and a uh, fifty-six. Yeah, yeah, but 50, huge yeah. plays. And they weren't just like screen passes. They were solid downfield with yep. some good yak behind that too, though. For sure. Good yak. Yeah. <laughs> and this is this is a table that I came up about this just looking at 2018 versus 19. Uh, so if you look at it, plays per game, we went from 77 to 83. Uh, percentage of passing plays jumped from 39 to 47. So like we're like a lot more passing plays. Yeah. Passing attempts jumps from 26 to 35. Right, yeah. Completion pretty- percentage... 53 to 58. So even with the increase in volume and all of that, Zach Smith is still more accurate quarterback and yep. contributing more yards per attempt. So Yeah, that, the, the stats back it up. Just, just watch one play, yeah. and it backs it up. Yeah, I know. It's Yeah, he's yep. so much better. And his completion percentage is down right now because he threw 50 passes last game. Yeah, man, I know. Um, But, yeah, that, that was my key, and I think it's shown that the deep passing – it's not even like I mean, remember the spring game? We I was expecting that the two bombs he threw to Keelan Stokes. For sure, they were like in the air. The ball went like fifty yards. Yeah, it hasn't been that yet, but that's still not like a bad thing. They've been still been going downfield, mm-hmm. and I've really been impressed with him uh, in the middle. He's been really good. Oh yeah, down the middle in kind of like the I'd say the fifteen to twenty yard range. Yeah, for sure. And that is, was something we were slightly worried about at the beginning of the year too. Yeah. His like mid mid range passing game, and that's that hasn't proved to be a concern and i think i mean part of it is too you can't put it all on zach smith the receivers specifically sam crawford has just been really good this year yeah oh man and i've just been really impressed we will get there and mainly just the compliment he gives to stokes kind of he's kind of like a good replacement for hobbs because he's a big body yeah he's six two faster than hobbs probably and just yeah it's showing yep yeah he's he's a stud and matt you mentioned the 80 something what is it 82 plays per game 86 plays per game what'd you say 83 um you hear montgomery say like anytime the amount of plays per game that we run comes up he always says he wants to be in that 80 to 90 range and last year you said we were 70 something right 76 and so yeah i mean that just shows you that we weren't doing what he was wanting to do for whatever reason a whole bunch of reasons i'm sure Um, but we're more aligned in line with what he's trying to do on offense this year so get those yards per play up we'll be looking good yeah, and just to uh, go to Pat's point about the completion percentage, uh, a lot of that could be, like, bumped up if we – well, okay, I don't know. Do sacks count against your completion percentage? Because no. they're no. rushing stats no, for no, some no, stupid no, reason. No. Drops. Drops is kind of, like, against mm-hmm. Wyoming, there were a decent number of drops that yep. our wide receiver. Yeah, I said Keenan Johnson had so. a couple, then he made up for it with, like, the greatest catch of all time. <laughs> Josh jo- Josh Johnson was the biggest culprit. Yeah. Sure. Uh, and then Juan Carlos Santana, um, outside of the screen passes that he is like, that is his bread and butter. <laughs> he was dropping yeah. a couple. And so um, not as much. I think against Oklahoma State, a lot of them were Zach Smith was missing um, his wide receivers by throwing too high on short passes. This one was a lot more they're hitting hands and being dropped. So uh, I expect his completion percentage to be – to average out mid 60s end of season yep i think that's probably a good call uh okay anything else we move on to the next prediction i think we're yeah 
So this next one, we all predicted who the best position group on offense and defense was. And so we can kind of look at it right now and justify how right or wrong we are. Um, so I predicted our, <laughs> I'm very wrong. My offensive prediction was running backs. That has not been true at all. Um, Sam Crawford has really stepped up at receiver and brought the whole receiving core up. Uh, the line's been a little weak, but, um, and I guess quarterback is, is its own group. So whatever. Uh, but yeah, I said running backs and they've been down mostly because of the offensive line. Um, but still I, I am wrong at this point. Uh, Pat, who'd you have for our best position group on offense? Going into the season, I said wide receivers just because I thought they were had a good amount of talent and could actually have a better person throwing the ball to them. And you know what? I'll say it. I'm right. <laughs> You're right. I can't argue with it. They've been looking really good. It's not just Keelan Stokes. Sam Crawford's come out of, you know, kind of out of left field to have a really good start to the season. And Keenan Johnson, a little slow start, but last game he was so yeah. good. Stepped up big time. Uh, against Wyoming. That man, that, I'm still thinking about that catch where he just extended his whole body. Yep. Great. Yeah. Add on JC Santana, freshman having a good year. And, and then King of the Screen Pass. King of the Screen Pass right there. Josh Johnson having kind of a rocky rocky start. I'd say he's probably fifth of those five so far. Um, but he's a power five he's guy. Solid, like, yeah. Iowa State guy. I think he'll I think he can turn it on later in the season too. Uh, so good call there. Um Matt, who did you have? Uh, I had running backs, and I was going a lot of that on the fear of wide receivers. Uh, and because as much as I am a fan of the tight end group, um, I don't think the tight end group will ever be the best. That uh, brings tears to my eye. I mean, unless you go to Iowa, the tight end group is usually not the best part of the team. Yeah, yeah. true. Um, and a lot of that was running back has been a strong point for us even when we've had really good passers like yeah our run game was great when dane evans was the quarterback and Mm -hmm. so even if like i assumed our running game would still be strong and um i think shamari brooks has been strong but i don't think and i think Corey taylor has been fine tk wilkerson has been like great when he's come in (laughs) yeah he's only played that one game yeah but like shamari brooks has been good but there's only so much he can do by himself and the run game is not just running backs so yeah, that's sure. where that's where it struggles and what Brooks can't do. Yep, I agree with all that. Uh, you want to keep going? Kick us off with defense. Best position group. Yeah. Um, so I said thought? I specifically broke out instead of just saying secondary. I said cornerbacks, um, and I think the cornerbacks have been pretty strong. I thought think that the big test was um, the best wide receiver we played this year was Tylen Wallace mm-hmm. and the cornerbacks made the right decision to just interfere with him instead of letting <laughs> him get the ball <laughs> until that one time. I mean, it was, it was up. a safety covering him on the big catch. Too. Was it? Okay. Yeah, it was Brandon yeah. Johnson. yeah, it was. See, great. Um, and so other than, and that was still good coverage too. Yeah. And so, I mean, you've seen like this year has been, in my opinion, the rise of Reggie Robinson, uh, he had that great interception, our one interception that we have so far this year. Um, and so, I mean, as long as we stay healthy, and I know there's the fear after last week um, just because uh, Green – no, who was wearing the boot? A Caleb Evans? Yeah, Evans was wearing the boot. And so hopefully he's not hurt for too long. But yeah. I think they're still strong, um, and I think we're forcing teams to – like beat us elsewhere. Mm-hmm. I said the secondary because I believed in the safeties, and I think they've actually the safeties have had a pretty good season. I think Manny Bunch has cleaned up a lot of his game, 
He's not. He's not gonna. He's not like a showy player, but you don't see the missed tackles and all that kind of stuff. And I yeah. think Brandon Johnson's had a solid start to the season too. And what helps it is the return of Christian Williams. He's definitely our best in that third safety role. He's a lot better than Bryson Powers. Yeah, he's but, looked really good, and he's he came back faster than I thought. I didn't know he got a lot of time in game one, and I thought we might you know take a few games for him to sit out. Yeah, they got they had a little rough game I'd say against Wyoming for the kind of passing team Wyoming is a couple of big passing plays yeah, but overall sure. still pretty good. Yeah, the one knock on our secondary right now is um, and I mean maybe this is by the OSU game but a lot of penalties. We are True. one of the most penalized teams in the country and I think a lot of that comes from uh, the back and so that's not good. I think that's I agree but also part of that. We get no pressure outside of Travis Gibson. Yeah. So part of that is, a lot of a lot of that is you get a quarterback seven seconds, only so much you can do in that secondary. Right. Yep. Which we've seen, like there were a couple against Wyoming where Pat was saying that those are covered sacks, uh, because quarterback has it for seven seconds, and then we still get a sack or a tackle for a loss or yep. something like that. It's true. And so I think we good job, but with only three up front, it's tough. Right. Yep. Uh, so for me on defense, I said linebackers. Um, basically, I mean, for obvious reasons, like Cooper has been the guy for a while. Zayvon Collins was a freshman All-American last year and looked incredible at the end of the season. Um, Cannon is always just a solid player, you know. Uh, but I don't know. who. I don't know. And who would you say has actually been the best defensive position group so far? Uh, well, also on that linebacker group, breakout, breakout, not breakout player, but guy kind of came out of nowhere, Johansi Burnett. Yeah, dude. Yeah, so fourth linebacker added on to that. But who, like, like I said, who would you say has actually been the best defense? They've all had their ups and downs this year. Man, it seems tough. like so. I think it's between the. If you want to break down secondary, probably between the corners and the linebackers. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like sacks aside, we haven't done well on sacks. But the line with Gibson and Player, it's with only three crew. up there, it's a two-man. It, but we only have three on the line, so that's actually a pretty solid crew, especially with how rotate, good Player has been. Robinson and yeah. Stevenson get in there, and I feel like once that's true. The, Honestly, you could make the argument like, like player Gibson's obviously the best player, mm-hmm. but with player I think is the top ten player on our defense, probably top five. Um, but after that, it gets pretty. It's a lot of our weaknesses are on that line. Yeah, I think that's probably a good I point. Th- see, and I think our so this speaks to the line and the linebackers. I think our run defense is a lot improved. You I think just so get, too. It's it's skewed by the big plays always hurt you, but. I just feel like there's not as many the frequency of the big plays. Like I was you had, really impressed like that, by a run defense against Wyoming. Yeah, yeah. You had Wyoming had that one huge quarterback run right at the get, like mm-hmm. right from the get go. But after that, I mean, they just weren't able to generate a lot of offense by running. And then OSU, you had that one, like you had the first play from the first play of the game, and then in the first half they were doing all right. But I mean, I thought we doing a better job of locking it down yeah i agree and plus osu i mean you 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 face yeah, OSU, osu osu yeah. is a top 10 That's an outlier. Like, they're a top 10 rushing team yeah. in the country so far i mean i mean even though you the ac is very good at running yeah i mean he just hubbard just ran it for another 300 yards yesterday against uh whoever they're texas tech yeah so i mean it's he's a he's a stud no not tech correction kansas state but still, 300 yards, um, and he's he's a stud. He's leading the whole FBS in rushing yards by like 50 yards. It's 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 by I a lot. I would not be surprised if he finishes um, one All Big 12. Yeah, potential All American, potential top 10 Heisman guy. Yeah, no, that's how no talented doubt. he is. I know he's a, he's a monster. Um, so I could see that too. 
All right, uh, running low on time. Let's keep it rolling here. Um, next one, we only have two left. Then the last one, the next one we're going to do is uh, record after this one, like predict, predicting the record. But second to last, um, predicting who would be the biggest breakout player for the season. Uh, I'll start it off because I had the best choice. No. I, I I would argue no. uh, it's close. It's it's up. This is a it was a hell of a call. D- disrespectfully so. disagree. Who do you? Fair enough. I no, said just let him go first. I said Sam Crawford. So he's a sophomore. True. Er, I don't know if he's true or redshirt, but sophomore by eligibility standards. Um, and he has been a hell of a player. Uh, he is maybe arguably been our uh, our best receiver ahead of Stokes and Keenan Johnson, who were the top two coming into the season. Um, so I, I'd say he w- has been the best, cons- most consistent receiver on, on the receiving core as a guy who played in some games last year but didn't do much uh, as a freshman. So I'm feeling very, very good about my Sam Crawford Jr. being breakout player. Matt, you want to go? No, didn't well, you also have Sam Crawford? So I want no, I had Jackson play. No, he had oh, the second right. best choice. Right, yeah. I had the no, I had the best choice. See, you say se- you say second best choice because oh my god, wide receivers. You see the stats. The st- they don't have like there's not many like stats you can look at for D tackles. You gotta look at the tape. Look at that I goddamn get off. It's it's great. I'm not uh you're you're clearly that is a great call. He gets that push on the interior line, and we're talking about how much better our run defense is this year. D tackles are pretty yeah. especially on a He's a 290 pound, Dude, six foot man playing nose tackle in D one football. Yeah, he and he's he, small boy for his position. Yeah, no, I know. That's why I his know. get off is so he's so fast for his position he just, with his hands. He, he freaking lives in in the backfield. It's nuts. It surprises yeah. me every time. And I have so what after like I think it was this, after the second game, so starting with uh, the third game against Oklahoma State, I like started specifically watching him more often. Yeah. And it is nuts, man. Like he's always there. He's always the first one off the ball every time. I think he's he's gotten caught for a false start like once. Once. Michigan I think State, it was just remember, the one yeah. time. Um maybe maybe twice. I think it's just once. And he yeah, he's got something else going on. And even uh before the Michigan or before the Oklahoma State game, Gundy like called him out and was like that guy. They talk he talked about him and Gibson were the only two defensive players he was like very concerned well, about. It really helps Gibson. He has three sacks so far. And part of the reason one, I mean Gibson's just a yeah, beast. Right. But quarterback you can't step up in the pocket yeah. when it collapses that far back. True. So edge rushers can get to him, yeah. But his, he gets he gets in the backfield. I feel like once a game, he yeah. just stuffs a guy, a running sure. back in the backfield. It's great. I'll give you a tied for tied for best choice. Okay, I have the best defensive choice. You have the best <laughs> yeah. offensive choice. And now for the worst <laughs> choice, Matt Wright team. Okay, Play the so uh, womp womp soundtrack. Yeah. <laughs> it's not it's not that bad. So I had the caveat on breakout player in that I said it's not somebody who's going to like show up new to the scene because we already know all know that he's great. Otherwise known as the definition of a breakout player. <laughs> no, I would say this is going to be his breakout season because, I mean, you talk about a, a, a guy who you know is like good, but if you told me his stat line was like, oh, he had 41 receptions for 575 yards last year, like that's like, okay, he's an all right, like he's like one of your worst wide receivers. I disagree. That 575, 41 receptions, that was Keelan Stokes in 2018. In 2019, he's already at 19 receptions and 302 yards, two touchdowns compared to his four total touchdowns from last year. Like, with an actual quarterback, Keelan Stokes is having, like, this is the season he gets 1,000. I will, like, double down on that. He's on pace right now for 900 and, what is that, six? But I think he makes up that extra 100 yards. I think Keelan Stokes ends the season as our best wide receiver um, just because he's a lot more versatile than Sam Crawford, I think. And he can make more 
plays after the catch. I think I think Keelan Stokes is the yak master. <laughs> the yak, the yak. And so I think Keelan Stokes ends up being the top wide receiver for this team. Gets a thousand yards, ten total touchdowns. Uh, also runs in a touchdown and has a return touchdown somewhere. Okay, so my argument is, if somebody came up to you and was like, "Hey, you guys, like, you have any new good pop artists you want to do?" and Match is like, "Yeah, Bruno Mars." <laughs> no, that's that's completely that's, different. That doesn't, that doesn't Mar- totally fit. That's, but I know what you're saying. Anyways, I I like the. Uh, it's no, a stretch. Be, it's like, a stretch definition, Matt. It's a stretch, but I I like the logic. The logic behind your choice makes sense. Pat's like analogy makes zero sense my analogy makes total sense no it'd be like getting a, a pop star who's like somewhat big like who's like released some pretty good like imagine dragons when they played at tulsa kind of thing oh like, i'd say uh. well i know you hate them now but they've gotten <laughs> so much bigger like since that game like they only That's had true. that they were like pretty new they were so good back then. right and then if <laughs> i said happened? what then i said imagine dragons was the breakout band it'd be like that like they were already pretty good, but no, then they exploded. I'd argue it's like if you said Billie Eilish. That's Billie who Eilish. I was thinking. But she didn't. Yeah. No, but she wasn't really. Did she do anything before this year? No, I'm saying right now. If somebody right, actually she's, right she, now, she, she went like, from zero. It? She went from like zero to sixty. Yeah. Well, she's also like seventeen. Yeah. Well, she so, does like. I mean, what? Are you, yeah. What are you doing when you're fifteen, Billie Eilish? Friggin' slacker. <laughs> no, I'm just bum. saying. I'm just saying it would be like a good like first year and then, oh, well, second year technically and then phenomenal after that that's what i'm just saying your analogy is trash fair enough okay got to keep it rolling you're trash <laughs> okay so the last uh, prediction we had was predicting our record i don't we could spend a lot of time on this going through every team again and seeing what we think it's going to be um but let's just generally say whether we think we'll make a bowl game still or not so uh in episode three i said we would be two at two at this point in the season so i'm right so far um but the ac west is much, much tougher than I expected. Uh, Bill Connolly tweeted out, I think yesterday, uh, the Amer- or maybe it's this morning, um, the American has four top 40 teams. The ACC entire conference has two, uh, according to his SP Plus rankings. So it's just a tough deal. Um, the West especially. Those in the West? And the the four, are, the four yeah. total are UCF, Memphis, um, SMU. And Cincy. Tul- or Tulane? And Cincy. Cincy. Cincy, yeah. Okay, so that's um, yeah, so it's a split, um, but man, I mean, it's the the West as a whole, uh, and this this is also my tweet of the week. Uh, so I'll we'll skip this because we don't have time. But my what uh what I was gonna say in, as point for that is uh, Bill Connolly last week put out the average SP plus rating by conference divisions. So he split out conferences by their divisions and ranked them, and the AAC West is ahead of the ACC Coastal by a pretty wide margin, by almost a full point. Um, so that's pretty nice. Uh, it's a, it's a really tough deal. There's no cupcakes on the schedule for us, uh, in the West, at least we do play ECU last game of the year, probably a cupcake. Um, you never know. They have, they're a young team. They could be better by the end of the year. So yeah, I mean, it's a tough deal. Um, let's see, we're two and two right now. We've got SMU. That's a tough one. Navy tough one. Cincy tough one. I mean, they're all, they're all hard. So honestly, at this point, I think we probably get to five and seven. I think I originally said six and six. Um, so I'll say, just speeding through, looking through this, uh, we probably don't get there just because of the strength of our of our conference. But we do keep Montgomery. I think I said eight and four originally. I'm gonna go with six and six. I think we beat Navy and ECU, and I think we get the homecoming upset of Memphis just because we we seriously do have like weird homecoming magic, <laughs> even though true. nobody really cares about our homecoming game. Yeah, like people show up for Oktoberfest and not homecoming. It's not even the same week this year. I know. Yeah, they've been the same week in forever. 
So that's what I'm saying. Like it, it, like, but still, the players play better. Like we killed Houston when they're good. I think we can beat Houston. I don't like. Yeah, mine was oh. Yeah, Navy's so a tough one. We haven't beaten Navy. I, I think we beat Navy because it's home. So we I haven't think, beaten Navy since we've been in this conference. They've they, got also. This is the this is the second worst they've been since last year when we were like you know. Mm, we'll see. Second worst they've been since last. No, year. second worst <laughs> they've been since we joined the conference. Last year was the worst. Dude, the I don't know. I know, but I think they ECU, Houston, Navy. Memphis. All right, fair enough. Fair enough. Matt. Yeah. Um. I want to say uh, we also go five and seven. But the linchpin is uh, stealing Memphis or Tulane at this point. Originally, I said or SMU. True, um, but I I originally was like waiting Tulane in uh, Houston, and I no longer think that's the case because Derek King is no longer Houston's quarterback. Um, so now I think it's they did just of, light up North Texas yesterday yeah, though without but, him. I mean, we've as we've seen North Texas is like garbage this year. Everybody lights him up. It seems so. like it's weird. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Um, so I think we win one of Tulane or Memphis determines whether or not we make a bowl game. I like that. So, fingers crossed. Okay. I do think, yeah, I agree with Matt. A lot of those games are stealable. So it's like, I, oh yeah, I, I totally think, think it's so. All like, I think it's like, I agree with you guys. It's like, we're not, we're like underdogs in a lot of them, but mm. it's like not huge. Underdogs. Technically our splits are better uh, on the road versus home uh, just because we were so good at San Jose state. So yeah. that kind of yeah. excuse things. Right. Too. Um, yeah, I think that's that's a good point, and I think I mean we've got the players on this team to like actually have a good chance of dealing some of those. We games. have the player, the one Jackson player. Nice. Okay, so tweet of the week was next. We already did that. Skipping. Um, nothing really. I mean, I was going to talk about conference stuff. Not going to do that. Uh, did anything super cool happen? No. Not really. Well, the only yeah, the coolest thing I'll just say the one uh, Temple was coached by Jeff Collins last year. Jeff Collins left to coach Georgia Tech. They played Temple played Georgia Tech yesterday in the Jeff Collins Bowl, and Temple freaking smoked them, twenty-four to two. Really embarrassing. Jeff Collins' Wikipedia page, go look it up. It's really funny. Uh, they have his official name as like <laughs> for Jeff Collins. It says like Jeff Collins, um, originally born as <laughs> like William Waffle House Collins or something like that, because he waffled on some play call during the when Georgia Tech lost to the Citadel. Uh, so look up his Wikipedia page. It might be changed by now, but um, it is also God. It's changed. You know, you know oh, how man. you know how I knew Temple was going to win that game because this guy spelled his name with a G. If Jeff is spelled yeah. with a G, that guy's a poster. <laughs> Fair. So that everything else was, you know, it was a, it was actually a really good week. The conference went undefeated in non-conference games, so that was cool. And then all the other ones were conference matches. So UCF thankfully won the civil conference. <laughs> oh, so that trophy. How could I forget? That trophy stays yeah. so in the Wiki conference. Right now says he currently stands as the losingest, and the way they spell losingest is funny. It's his yeah, coach in Georgia Tech history yeah. at twenty five percent win rate. So they kept and that one three record. This includes an overtime loss uh, to the Citadel after he iced his own offense, forcing <laughs> overtime. They took. They kept all that, but they took out the William Waffle House Collins. I can't believe it. Uh, anyways, oh yeah. Um, yeah, the civil conflict, man. Unbelievable. Staying with UCF. I was really hoping UConn would keep that forever now that they're leaving the conference, but oh well. Isn't that the rivalry that UCF was like, I didn't know we were in this? <laughs> yeah. UConn yeah, UConn just, UConn made, just it made it up and made a trophy and brought it to the game, and UCF won and refused the trophy. It was hilarious. Did they take it this year? I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know if it's a real trophy anymore. Um, Matt, give us a quick preview on what's happening with the blog this week. Uh, so I am actively writing essentially what we just talked about, but with more stats based details uh and then uh the plan is to get out a rivalry article by the end of this week if schedules allow for it i was meaning to write more but i was blind for the last two days with me so 
not blind with me. That is writing, <laughs> writing the article with me. That is why, obviously, <laughs> we played the song of dating because Matt finally doesn't have to wear glasses anymore. Yeah, LASIK I guess, man, it's I guess magic. Life, life update: I got I got LASIK, so that's kind of cool. I got to watch. It was crazy. It was the craziest thing I've ever seen. I moved everything in our house, and yeah, like two inches to the left, <laughs> completely threw me off. I stabbed myself in the face with my toothbrush. <laughs> <laughs> he moved your toothbrush, and he didn't know. Unbelievable. Okay, uh, let's call it a show. We are running over. Hopefully, we can trim this down to an hour. If not, it's a bye week. You've got. I guess the same amount of time to listen to this is normal, so that doesn't matter. <laughs> so uh, anyways, if you like the show, uh, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We would really appreciate it. If you want to support the show, you can sign up for a monthly donation on anchor.fm slash thegoldenheartcast and then clicking support this podcast. Yeah, if you give us a five-star rating, Matt will send you his old pair of glasses. <laughs> for free. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter and Instagram. We are at goldenhurricast, or you can send us an email at thegoldenhurricast at gmail.com. That's it. Thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll talk to you next week. Did somebody have the Golden Hurricast Gmail before us? And we're like, oh shit, we gotta put the the. No, I think I just said oh, it okay. without the one time. So yeah. Token has to make sure that gets in. We can either edit the Twitter handle or get a new email. I just, I just like the theory that somebody had the one without the <laughs> before us. Probably not. <laughs> Stay golden. Hurricast. Is this supposed to be because I can see your brown eyes now? He's, I think Pat's singing. Brown-eyed Matt.